Recording in progress. Okay, Shalom Avracha, friends, thank you so much for joining our Shir on Sichas Ram 51. Thank you. Thank you so much. Someone's got to collect all of those thank yous that are said while you're still muted in acknowledgement of the people telling you you're muted. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of wasted words. But thank you for that. And Bishiyat Rishmaya, we are going to jump right in to our Shir on Sichas Ram um, Nun Aleph 51. This is, believe it or not, our 12th Shir on this one Sicha. And uh, our second to last Shir, Be'ez Hashem on the Sicha. Next week will be the final Shir on, on Sicha Nun Aleph. We'll finish up that teaching. And Be'ez Hashem will continue our journey throughout Sefer Sicha Saran. So it's been tremendous, a lot of wisdom, a deep dive into some of the most foundational teachings in uh, Kisvei Breslov. And it's been a blast. And so thank you for, for joining. Um, okay. So here we're going to share the screen so we can all see the sources. And uh, we got a lot to cover. So all with, that, with Hashem's help and with great gratitude and appreciation for all of you who are joining to learn with me and with us today. Okay. Let's begin with where we left off last week, just the last line of that chilek, of that segment of the teaching, where Rabbi Nachman had said, Even one drop of intellect is able to go ahead and to withstand the entire world with all of the ultimately illusory and distracting forces that seek to draw us away from our true purpose, our true mission. We discussed that at length in last week's shir, in the shir before that, Rabbi Nachman had said, that there's really no such thing as taiva at all. And we talked about putting things into perspective and understanding our mission and embracing our humanity. And we spoke very deeply about how the way to counteract any feeling within us that seeks to drag us in the direction where we're not supposed to be headed, which Chazal described as the Ruach Shtus, a spirit of folly, a spirit of insanity, ultimately on a certain level, is to hold on to Seichel, to hold on to a framework of cognition that's unique to the human being, which we described at length last week, this is what Yosef HaTzadik did when he was trapped in the situation with Eishas Patifar. We learn from the Degamach Ephraim that he saw the image, the visage of his father Yaakov Avinu. We said what the father is. The father is Abba. Abba is connected to the concept of Chachma. We discussed all of this at length last week. And so before we jump into the next segment of the teaching, I did want to take a look at this Torah from the Balatanya in Lekute Amarim Tanya Perik Yudbeis. And with this, we'll round out this last idea, and then we're going to go into a different sugya. Every line in Sichon and Aleph is a whole world, as we've been attempting to demonstrate with Hashem's help. So over here, Be'ezer Hashem, let's finish up this one line, and then we'll move into the next sugya. So let's try to get through this piece of Tanya relatively quickly, because we do have a lot to get to uh, with regard to the next line in Sichon and Aleph, the second to last sugya in this incredible, life-changing uh, journey of a teaching. Says the Balatanius, Chusiyah Gunalena Valko Yisrael, Amen, Alter Rebbe. Kiyamoyach Shalit Alalev. The mind is able 
to rule over the heart, to master the heart. In a certain segment of the Zohar Kaddish in Parshas Pinchas, in its very nature and the essence of the way in which it was formed and fashioned and created, this is the ability of Seichel, to subjugate, to control, to guide, to lead, to direct, and to ultimately clarify for the heart what are the feelings we should be feeling, what are the feelings we shouldn't be feeling? This is the way that a human being is created. What an empowering line. What an important line for our generation. And it is true. It is true. And we're going to learn about how to hold on until we're able to find this out and its demonstration in our actual lives in the next segment that we're about to study together. But this line is extremely empowering. Shekol Adam Yachol. Every single person in every circumstance and situation is able. In his will, which is bound up to his thinking. Because it begins with will, which is the sod, the concept of keser, which is the crown that sits above the cognitive powers, which is the first Gilui of our personalities, the first revelation, which is connected to our desire, and that ultimately influences the way that we think. The will that ultimately is able to serve as a catalyst for a certain way of thinking, a person is able to utilize the capacity of will and the capacity of thinking, of cognition, to be able to handle Vlimshal and ultimately reign sovereign over the person's individual desires and the different feelings that a person has in his or her heart. We can do it. And it's not just some people. Shekol Adam Yachal. Every person is able to do this. Not to go down the road of allowing the ultimately distracting forces that are trying to lead us in a way that we know we're not supposed to be going in to manifest within our actual uh, experience of Machshava, which is thought, Dibor, which is speech, and Maisa, which is, which is action. Just adding people, I apologize. And we have the capacity to go ahead and to distract ourselves. Rabbi Nachman likens this to a person riding a horse along a, uh, along a path. And the horse starts to go off the road. What are you going to do? You're going to throw up your hands and say, what can I do? <laughs> You're on the horse. This is your job. I mean, you're the rider. The horse is only following you. And if it starts to get sidetracked because it saw a bunny rabbit jumping on the side of the road, you grab hold of the reins and you bring it back to the main street. You bring it back and you redirect it to go in the way that you intend to head. And so the same thing over here, every person has the capacity by utilizing our thought to go ahead and either distract ourselves, think about something else, change the general framework with which we consider the concept of taiva, which is some of the work we've been trying to do in the previous year, in the past year or two, and to move in an, in an entirely other direction. Specifically, we intend to invoke the side of holiness. As the Pasuk says, what a beautiful Pasuk, and I saw, says Koheles, there is an advantage of intellect over folly like the advantage of light 
over darkness. What does that mean? What's the Kesher? What's the bond and the connection between the concept of wisdom and folly and light and darkness? What's the connection? Perish says the in the same way that light, and this is perceptible to all of us, has an incredible, incredible, it's not even, it's, it's, it's an understatement, right? To say that it has shlita, it has control over, it rules over darkness, it, it's much more than that. You light one little match and you had a whole entire gigantic cavernous hall of darkness and you lit one match and all of a sudden, boom, you can see. And if you light a torch, a little bit more light, but it's entirely, entirely not um, congruent with the amount of darkness that there was. And this is a famous line, Shema'at Orgashmi, just a little bit of light as Avram Fried sings. Just a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness. That the darkness is just naturally cast away. It's nothing the light needs to actively do to combat darkness. All it needs to do is to be itself, is to illuminate, is to shine the light of the way in which things are supposed to be going. It doesn't say, then battle with all the people who are in the category of Ein Ish. Right? It just says, ish, ish. That's it. You try to be that guy. If you feel that everybody's doing things the wrong way, it's not an Indian of fighting with them. It's an Indian of trying to the best of your capacity to be that. And it's a lesson that I'm still in the process of learning because I naturally have an inclination because of experiences in my past and just having a certain nature of looking at the world and people, not in a judgmental way, but in a very real way, which I try always to be. And I get frustrated because I care about Yiddishkeit and I care about the world and I carry a tremendous burden on my shoulders. It's not Stam, it's, it's, it takes the wind out of me sometimes when I look around and I see how things could be different so easily. And I see the way in which people are sometimes really suffering in ways that they don't need to be at all. And it's not their fault. And it could be the fault of educators or it could be the fault of parents or it could be the fault of different kind of thinking that I personally feel is out of line with the Torah and my natural inclination is to want to just proverbially of course not like physically just to smack people over the head with like a Lakuta Maran but like the big edition you know like the big ones and just walk around just hitting people in the face and that, like that's my natural inclination which is terrible I guess but it also comes I think from a good place but it's something I have to remind myself again and again and it's not easy for me. And I've made mistakes this way in the past, publicly, privately, in many ways. I made mistakes. But it's something I'm personally trying to work on. It's something I try to remember all the time. This concept, and it's something my Rebbeim tell me, and it's something, you know, I'm, I have like a fire in me. It's, it's hard. But I try very much to be mitzamsim and try to remember this. But Makam Shein Ish doesn't say start, start attacking all the people who have brought the world to a situation where there's no Ish. It just says one thing again, Hishtadaliyas ish, so you be that guy. And this is something that's very, very important for all of us, but for myself and for all of us together. Remember, Shema'at or just a little light, like Rabbi Nachman says himself in It's the way of smallness, as grandiose as it might look, but it's the way of smallness to naturally become nullified in the face of godless, in the face of greatness. So if you come with ideas that are mature, you come with a broad-minded perspective, you come with something that works, 
everything else will naturally, naturally fade away. Like darkness fades from before, from before the light. This is the correlation between the relationship that wisdom and folly share and the relationship that light and darkness share. In the same way that a great measure of darkness could be banished just with a little bit of light. Says the Balatanya, all you need is just a little bit of seichel, just a little bit of mature thinking, just a little bit of clarity, just a little bit of proportion, just a little bit of seeing the world as the world really is, what Rabbi Nachman refers to as nekuda achas mena seichel. It doesn't say, you know, you have to learn 50,000 books. You just need one nekuda of yashras, one nekuda achas mena seichel. That's what the Balatanya is saying over here, in the same way that all you needed was a little bit of light to banish har bechayshech, all you need is a little bit of seichel to banish a lot of sikhlas, which is associated with the Yitzhahara, like he quotes from Chazal, and we mentioned in a previous year, Elam K Nichnas Boy Ruach Shtus. That this sikhlas, this folly, wants to conquer the small city, which the Balatani refers to as the body which has shloishalavushim, it has three different modes of expression, thought, speech, and action. Or rather, over here he's referring to the, to to the side of Tov, to the Chachma that wants to go ahead and to manifest in the body in the holy, in the holy way, right? Which counteracts what the Satan, what the Yitzhar, what the Ruach Shtus wants to do, which is to manifest in the Machshava Dibor Maisa, the three Levushim, in a negative way. For this, it helps just a little bit of clarity. And that hidden love and awe that each and every Jew has deep within. What a privilege to be a Jew. What a privilege to be a Yid. You look around the world, how much confusion, how much brokenness, how many twisted ways of perceiving life. And Mamish, from the beginning of time, we've been the builders. We've been building. We have such a healthy, beautiful, positive perspective on the world. It's just remarkable. And sometimes you need to hold up what we have and what's ingrained within us against other options or other possibilities in order to appreciate the nature of what we have. It's absolutely remarkable. There's nothing like it in the world what we have. There's nothing like it. Mamish, nothing like it in the world. To be able to go ahead and overcome this inner wickedness that seeks to go ahead and cause the person to get involved in taiva, which we discussed at length two shirim ago. Not to have any control over the city in a way of Kedusha. To ultimately cause the body to manifest that desire, to manifest that inkling of a thought, just a tiny little whisper of something negative, and all of a sudden it's able to come to fruition. And this little bit of intellect can cause that the moyach, should the mind, should be prevented from even thinking negatively.
that a person's not able to go ahead and to think in the way that he wants to think in his mind, to actually go ahead and willingly agree to allow the negative thoughts to fill one's mind, which naturally arise within the person, when a person has this little drop of seichel, the ma'at ar, the minute that a person feels anything, the person is able to push it away, with two hands. And use his mind and his capacity of understanding what life is about and what his personal mission is and whether this is something useful or the opposite, to go ahead and to push this thought away and to distract himself. The minute that he remembers, this is not for me. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. With all of what the Svarim HaKadoshim allow our minds to be filled with clarity. I don't want to be doing this. This isn't going to bring me to a good place. This isn't going to be worth it, etc., etc., etc. And so he doesn't accept in his mind or her mind even to think about these things. But certainly, certainly to begin to plan out doing something He's very re removed from this. Not even to speak in a negative way. Scary thing. In accordance with the Balatanya's alignment of Russia, Bainani, and Sadiq, which is really the, the, the foundation of the whole book, Tanya, which is also called Sefer Shalbainanim, the Sefer of the in-betweeners, right? The Sefer of the common men. But the Balatanya says that if a person is actively, willingly thinking negative thoughts, sinful thoughts, whatever this means, thoughts that are ego-oriented, blocking out the light of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. in that moment, the person assumes the title, at least in some sense, of a Rasha. But the level that all of us are trying to reach, which doesn't seem so, like such a high level, just like, but in Chabad they say, like forget about being a Tzaddik, right? Which like most of us are like, you know, in normative Judaism are trying to reach the level of being righteous. In Chabad, because they explain how lofty the level of what a Bainini is, just to be an in-betweener, they say halavai a Bainini. Now halavai, if only we could reach the level of a Bainini. Why? Because what's a Bainini? Listen to this. And we would think that it's the biggest tzaddik. Now imagine what the Baal Tanya tzaddik is. For that you have to explore Tanya. They have many, many wonderful editions out there. Practical Tanya, many, many things in English, online, shirim. Very, very obviously highly recommended. To be able to tap into this cognition, we have to receive it from the tzaddikim first. Says the tzaddik, what's a benini? Never for one second does the benini entertain negative thoughts. Even though there's still, and this is why it's different from a tzaddik, there's still the capacity to feel like you might want to do something or act in a certain way. He shuts off that tap the second there's a drip. Never ever manifests in an actual conscious thought, in an actual conscious sight, in an actual conscious word, in an actual conscious action. Not once ever. Same thing when it comes to interpersonal relationships. The second he feels some bit of hatred that's unfounded, any jealousy or anger, midas things, or being, you know, makbid on another person. Imagine this. 
This is the level that we could be striving to. And this is not even tzaddik. But this is something that all of us should try to strive for. Doesn't mean we're perfect. And it doesn't mean that we'll never feel these feelings because we're human beings. But the ability to be so clear in who we are, what we want, where we're headed, where we come from, what life is all about, to mamish push these thoughts, words, and actions away with two hands right away. Not only to push away the Ra, which we refer to as Sur Me Ra, like Davana Malach says, stay away from evil, but literally to do the opposite. And to act toward each and every person that we come into contact with in a way of chesed, in a way of chiba, to make known to that person a tremendous amount of love. To handle whatever is coming his way until but not to get angry. Not to get angry. And not to go ahead and get revenge. To cause even to those who are chayiv, even those who are guilty, like Yosef with his brothers who had every ability to mamish pay back his brothers for all the hell they put him through. If there was anybody who was in a position you know, to, to, to get revenge in a satisfying way, it was Yosef and his brothers. They didn't even know it was him and he was the ruler of Egypt and they were in such a vulnerable position. There were any number of things he could have done to make their lives even more miserable than what he did, which was of course calculated for a tikkun and not because of his own feelings, but he didn't. He didn't. And the Zara says this is something extremely important. And this is what it means to be a Bainani, right? Which again, it doesn't sound so good, but it's an extremely lofty level. This is what it means to be even a Bainani. And it all starts where? It starts in the Moach. And that's what Ibn Ahmed says in this line. Even just a tiny drop of true clarity, of true healthy thinking, of true foundational identification of who we are and who Hashem is and what the Torah is all about and what our mission is, all of which we receive from the deeper Svarim, from the Sifri Pneumius, like I wrote in a Facebook post today. Can literally stand up against the entire world with all of the Taivas. And that's that closing that line which we began in uh, in last week's shir and discussed at length just wanted to see this piece from the tanya which is very important and very powerful let's move into the second to last sugya i would call it in sicha nun aleph the very long teaching from Rabbi nachman that we've been working on for a couple of months now like i said this is this is uh shir number 12 in this one sicha from Rabbi nachman so it's a it's a privilege out of 308 so that's a, that's, a, that's a big privilege. So let's, let's dive in. Says Rabbi Nachman, over here we need it, we sort of reset, fresh eyes. It's, a new, it's, it's the next line, but it's something new. And in whatever place it may be. And of course he doesn't just mean a physical place. He means whatever stage in your growth or lack thereof or in your failure or in things not working out for you on whatever level in your life it may be, and you may be, in that place, you can be close to Hashem. That's a radical idea. Because usually, connotes even places that are defined by their being far from Hashem. Right? 
Yuridas, failures, not acting like a Bainini, right? Sinking into Resha, sinking into a Mahalach, a way of life that entertains evil thoughts, evil speech, evil actions, which we use the word evil, 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 but of course it just means ego, right? It just means me, as opposed to letting Hashem in, which is really the esot of all of Judaism. That's exactly what we're trying to do, is to become transparent to our source, to make it so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light can flow down to us and hopefully to others and through us to the world. That's a place that we think of when we think of even the lowest places. So here comes Rabbi Nachman and it says, Yes, even in the place that is defined by its being far from God, there, in that place, and you're still in that place. Nothing changed, because things don't change so easily like we'd like to believe they do. Sometimes we're just in a rut. Sometimes it takes a couple of days. It could take a couple of weeks. The sun rises again, but sometimes it's a long, long, long winter night. In that place, while you're still there, you can yet find a way to begin in that place to lay a foundation for a desperate attempt to hold on to Hashem, even while you're falling, 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 consciously, subconsciously, willingly, unwillingly, away from Him. Says Rabbi Nachman, we've discussed this in another place. That even in Sha'ol Tachtis, which is hell itself, in the most dramatic kind of portrayal that you and I can imagine, you can do the work necessary to come close to God in that place and serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in truth while you're still in Sha'al Tachtis, while you're still in hell. A hell defined by concealment, a hell defined by distance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at least from our perspective. A very, 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 very powerful, powerful line. A very powerful line. No matter where you are, who you are, what you've done, what your past is, what your story is, the mistakes that you've made and the, mis and the mistakes that you feel other people have made toward you in your life that have affected you negatively, you can be close to Hashem. You can. And that's the ultimate goal of all of this. Don't get distracted. And there, there are distractions. And the distractions are distracting. Hence their name. They are called distractions for a reason. They do distract indeed. If they didn't, we couldn't refer to them as distractions. They are distracting. But to still hold tight to what this thing is all about. It's not about the world. And it's not about other people. And it's not about business. And it's not even about relationships. It's not. At the core of it, it's about how can I in this moment, in the circumstances that either, either I've put myself in or that I have been placed within against my better will and judgment. How can I still maintain that essential bond? Which was sent down to this world for this purpose and this purpose alone that all the other things in my life that I dreamt would happen or all the other things in my life that I want to happen or all the other things in my life that are happening are only supposed to serve as kalim for the gilui of this light for the revelation of this bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and so listen 
if things work out in accordance with my plan and my ambitions, right? And that means for all of our plans and ambitions, that's great. That means that it's a clea that was much easier for us to utilize to reveal the light of a Kodesh Baruch in the world. But if things don't go right, that doesn't mean game over. Game is never over. It's never over. You put two quarters in and you start again. There's no such thing. The game is never, even when it says game over, they don't really mean it. They don't really mean it. On the contrary, you think the machine really means to say, game over, go home, we'll see you next time. Of course not. The machine, which means the people who own the machine, want nothing more than to entice you. You know how they say five, four, three, two. You know, and they show like, okay, you're going to lose your game. Put more tokens in now. But it says game over. To continue, right? Because you can continue. You can always continue. What am I continuing with? I'm continuing with the realization that the mission is still in progress. And as much as I'm still breathing, and as much as the Kaddish Baruch Hu is pumping me with life force, then it makes no difference what the circumstances of my life are. In any place, physically, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, whatever place you're in right now, listening to this, believe it. The game is not over. Adarabah. When things start to really break down, you know that you've reached a new level. A new level. Because there's that much more resistance, that means that there's that much more growth. There's that much more potential here. If we're going to apply ourselves and never ever give up. If we're going to bake it into our hearts and tattoo it proverbially on our chest, on our arms, on our forehead. That even in the depth of hell, you can find a way to serve God. If there's one thing Hashem does not want, if there's one thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want, it's for us to have the perception that He is finished with us. There's no such concept in Judaism ever, ever. The one place where you find that concept, which was in the context of the story of Acher, of Alisha ben Avuya, the Tana who fell in a, in a remarkable way, in a, in a fantastic way that our minds really have a difficult time grasping. Alisha ben Avuya was quoted in Pirkei Avos fell so drastically. And when they said, come back, come back, it's Talmud, come back. Chazar Bach, do tshuva, he says, I can't. Because I heard a baskal that said, shuvu banim shayvavim chutz me'acher. Return my wayward children, except for acher. And the marsha there says, alamakom. The marsha says, that from here we see a klal, a rule. That if God himself descends, looks you in the face and says, I do not want you, says the Marsha, I believe with this very terminology, Al love, do not listen to him. Unbelievable thing. The baskal that Elisha and Abuya heard was a test. It had to be a test because we already know from Psukim that preceded the baskal and supersede the baskal. Says, I do not seek the death of the wicked. I just want him to return to me. The Pasuk can tell him, that a person feels that he's being pushed, or a person feels that he's falling, or being pulled down into the depth of what Rabbi Nachman refers to as Shaol Tachdis. 
And the end of the Pasik says, Vatimer, and I hear a little voice echoing within me, Shuvu Bene Adam, return. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is not a sadist. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is a lover. A Kaddish Baruch Hu wants the best for us. And He wants to bring it out of us so that we should feel that we earned it, that we worked for it. That it's not just about schaur in the next world. It's about living the most beautiful, wonderful, meaningful, incredible life in this world. To live a life of emes. To live a life of connection. In this world, we always say, and that's what the Gemara Pesachim tells us, Kol Masha Amar Balabais say. you got to do whatever the Balabais tells you to do. There's only one thing you don't have to listen to. Chutz Mitzay. Except when he tells you to leave. Everything else you got to listen to. Don't listen to him when he tells you to leave. Ah, don't, what do you mean? Don't, it's his house. No, but it's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu Whatever the Balabais says, say. Because that's his Ratzon. That's what he wants. Chutz Mitzay. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells you, say, leave, I don't want you, I'm pushing you away, that's not reflective of his true Ratzon, like we learned in chapter 3 in the story of our lives. That is the test that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts in place to cause us Adarabah, to have more of a passion, to break past those perceptions, to break past that Yetzirah, which of course it is, and to seek to surge forth in great love and awe toward HaKadosh Baruch Hu once more. Yechoylin lehiskarev elav yizbarach ulaavdi yizbarach be'emes. Sazer bin Achman in Lekutu Maran Tanyana Samach Ches. And the tzaddik says, Eker shleim mishat tzaddik, the primary completion of a tzaddik is sheyuchaliyos lemala ulamata. The tzaddik could be above and below. What does this mean? that the tzaddik is able to show a person who thinks that he's attained a very high madrega to show him you haven't begun yet there's so much more for you to attain let me reveal to you deeper avodas deeper devotions deeper levels of understanding the Torah you'll realize whenever you thought you made it you're just beginning that's on one level that the tzaddik has to have the capacity to really go ahead and to help bring people down from delusions of grandeur. But the opposite is also true. To the person that's below, that's fallen, in the lowest, lowest level, like he's... Well, that works out, at least here in Eretz Yisrael. This week's parashas, parashas Korach. Even besoicha aretz mamish. Like you're swallowed up into the ground like Korach. The tzaddik has the capacity where yemaraloi sha'adarabah. He shows you that on the contrary, who samach Hashem. This person needs to know that he's close to Hashem. So the person who thinks he's close to Hashem needs to be shown there's still much more room to grow. Hashem is still further away than you thought He was. And to the person who thinks He's so far, to the person who thinks all hope is lost, to the person who thinks that He's been swallowed up by the earth, and by earthiness, and by physicality, by corporeality, by materialism, the tzaddik needs to be able to get through to that person and tell him, Adarab, Mamish, on the contrary, you are close to Hashem. This shleimus, this completion, to be able to be in both places that tzaddik needs, a strong klal. If the tzaddik doesn't have the ability to give this perception to people who feel as if they're 
hopeless. He is Enoi Tzadik Klal. He might be a big Tamar Chacham, he might be a big Manhik, a big leader. A Tzadik he's not. Kitzorich laharis lemishu lemata ma'oid bediyoyta tachtoyna legamri sh'adayin usamach la'ashem mamish kibiyachal. The tzaddik needs to be able to get through to the people on the lowest, lowest levels and to convince them and to cajole them and to remind them and to awaken within them that hergish, that feeling that they are samoch la'ashem mamish, that they are close to Hashem. Kiviyachal, so to speak. Ula oiriroi, ula galisloi, and to inspire, ula galis, and to awaken, and to allow it to become revealed, and to say, Hashem imcha, Hashem is with you. Va'al tira, va'al tifached, va'al techas. And don't be afraid, and don't be in terror, and don't tremble, ki hu yizbarach imcha. Hashem is with you, ve'etzlecha, and next to you, ve'karev lecha mamish, and is right there holding you. Because the whole earth is filled with His glory. So you can never have fallen into an earth that's distant, that's distant, so distant that you think that you're swallowed up, that there's no hope for you. Because wherever you are, and the deeper that you fall, you realize, no. Hashem's glory is to be found here. When I'm able to hold on tight and put my hands and feet against the wall that I'm falling down and in this pit, and I'm able to say, this is the extent to which I'm willing to give in to this insanity. In this moment, I realize I can turn things around. Might be a long process, might not be so easy. I'm starting today. In that moment, you reveal that that all of this falling and all of this failure and all of this yish was a vessel and a receptacle to reveal that HaKadosh Baruch was even here. He's even here. Now, of course, it goes without saying that a person doesn't go into this kind of behavior in order to then prove that HaKadosh Baruch was even in this place, which is like, you know, neo-Sabbatinism and Frankism, right? Chas uh, you know, Shem Rosham Yirkov, right? Which was their whole perception, part of a very convoluted, uh, very convoluted approach to Kabbalah. Chas you know, to even entertain such a thought that you need to specifically go into sin it's a distortion of the whole Torah, right? Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that we should try our best. But when things happen, and things do happen, because all of us are humans, and the Pasuk says about humans, even very great humans, there's no such thing as an even totally righteous person who does only good and never has a hard day, and never has chalisha sadas, and is never discouraged, and is never sad, and is never broken, and never starts to slip, and is never... Uh, in a situation where they're not living up to their highest ideals or even their medium ideals, then you need to know in that moment you can start fresh, you can start again. You can return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu from where you are. And for me as a 17, 18 year old, reading these words for the first time, I mean, this whole approach, I had never heard anything like this in my life. I'd never heard anything like this in my life. I had great rabbeim and I'm grateful to them. I had never heard anything like this. It changed my life. It totally changed my life, you know, and it changes my life every day. Just to read it again, these words are not just words on a page. Rabbi Nachman, in, in, he, he um, infused these words with his spirit. It's a spirit of hope. It's a spirit of redemption. It's a spirit of of being able to realize 
There's nothing closer than a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's nothing more accessible than a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's no bigger, bigger delusion and illusion than the feeling that one has fallen too far. Even if a person fell to the place where he has fallen or she has fallen, this is not an active, none of us go into the seeking it. Most of us don't even do it because it's pleasurable, whatever that might be. We do it because we feel that life is unmanageable otherwise and we need to numb the pain in one way or another. Or at least that's what we think. But a person goes into these kinds of behaviors and they feel compelled, or they feel nimshach. Allah Shana Ibn Ahmad uses time and time again in many different places. The person not actively chooses to walk in that way, but like we said two shirim ago, a person is drawn and he finds himself in a makam which is so low and is so deep down and is so dirty. He feels that he's fallen to the place where there's no falling after this. He's, he, he, he's, he stopped falling only because he hit rock bottom. From this place, you can bind yourself to God and to begin your journey. Now and from that place. And we already described in a different place. That when a person is found so deep and so low, and he sees in that place, wow, how could it be that I fell so deeply? And he's so much pain and agamas nefesh and frustration and sadness and, and, and guilt and shame. And he sees himself in such a place, so incredibly distant from the master of the world. He needs to go ahead and to encourage himself with this itself. This feeling is itself the beginning, beginning, earliest rays of the dawn of closeness to God. Just the perception that he realizes that he's distant and it pains him. Do you know what kind of kirvas Hashem that is? Do you know what kind of closeness to God it is when a person feels pained over the perception of their distance from Hashem? Do you know how precious it is in the eyes of Hashem, that broken-hearted yearning? Earlier, a person could have been so distant that he didn't even know he was distant, which Rabbi Nachman describes in Torah Nunvav 56 as what all of us colloquially refer to based on the song, So most people who hear the song, they think that it means where God is like super concealed, right? It's like a double concealment, but that's not what it means. If you look in the context of that teaching, it means, hastara shebesei hastara means that a person falls into a state of concealment and that that existence and experience of concealment itself becomes concealed, which means that the person loses touch with the pain over existing in a world where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a million miles away.
The concealment is itself concealed. And that's why Ibn Nachman is referencing here, the person is so far away that he didn't even know he was far away. He didn't even feel it, he didn't even care, it didn't bother him at all. And after this, that now, a person has gotten to a place, that at very least, a person knows that he's far. This is itself the foundation for coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, something to hold on to, something to give a person chizik, something to, to, to let the person know you still have a kesha, you're still connected. Why do you think that you feel guilty? Why do you think that you feel bad? Why do you think that you feel that your life is in shambles when you're not living up to your spiritual ideals? It's because you still have a chilek, a lekamimal within you. You have a portion of God on high that leaves you no rest. And that's constantly compelling you to higher and higher levels. And that means you're still connected. Start today. With this concept itself, a person could give himself great strength. And then to start the process of returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on every level. And this is of course reflected in the Kutumran Tanyana. Kufiyud Bey is a very famous, famous, famous teaching that's been made into many songs in some form or another. And all of us are familiar with it, I believe. Where Ibn Achman says, with regard to encouragement, that a person shouldn't become discouraged. Because of so many blemishes and so many distortions and so many failures and so many mistakes and so much brokenness that a person has caused through his actions in life. Rabbi Nachman announced and he said, if you believe that you could break, believe that you can fix. And this became something very, 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 very well known and famous. If you believe you can break it, so believe that you can fix it. Which is extremely powerful just on a simple, simple meaning. You know, another something to put on your fridge, right? And a bumper sticker on your car. And just to zoom out for a second before we try to give over a little bit of a deeper understanding based on what we've just learned, how much how much gratitude we need to feel to this tzaddik who was on such a level removed from any kind of engagement with lowliness, any kind of engagement with, with, with all the stuff that you know us little people, or at least myself, little people go through. I'm sure you're all on much higher levels, but for, for me that I, I'm going through a lot in my life and the mistakes that I make and the lowliness that I'm, I'm involved with, that the tzaddik had so much rachmanus, not much rachmanus, that he was mitzamsim himself, he brought himself down. It's, it's you know, he brought himself down, mamish to a level where he's able to relate to us in a way that almost nobody else is able to relate to us. Or nobody else is willing to stoop to this place to give over Torah after Torah of encouragement that literally brings us to life. It's like a, a trigonometry professor. I'm sure there's like deeper levels of mathematics, but like that's the extent of my knowledge of, of, uh, of like how a person can proceed or progress. I'm sure there's like quantum, I don't know what. But a person who's a tremendously accomplished mathematician who's like working on formulas that actually matter, not just like theoretical stuff, like literally are going to enable, you know, incredible robotics and inventions and, and whatever it's going to do for the world. 
taking days off out of his work week where he's sitting and writing feverishly on these like huge whiteboards, you know, scribbling down all these different complicated uh, calculations and going to teach like basic addition in a sixth grade classroom or fifth grade classroom. That's what this is like, and that's lahavdil bin elif alfe avdalis. That's an understatement and a and a and a and a and a mushal ain a mushal daim lenimshal of what Rabbi Nachman did for us here. The rachmanus of this leader, which Rabbi Nachman refers to in Torah Zayin Kimirachma Vinagim. It's a it's a it's a pasuk and it's a tire over there based on that verse that refers to the leaders as rachmanim, as merciful ones that do this not because they have to do this, but because they are filled with mercy and they know our pain. Now, Rabbi Nachman over there says, because there's no greater burden that a person feels than the burden of avoinus, of sins. And the greatest, greatest mercy thereby and therefore is for somebody to come along and help a person get out of that. There's no greater mercy. There's no greater nadivus. There's no greater benevolence than to take off our time to work with people, to encourage people, to walk in the ways of the tzaddik. And all of us need to take this on ourselves as a, as a mission. No matter what, what we're going through, it makes no difference. If we're equipped with these life-giving teachings, then it makes no difference what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. You're able to go ahead and read some Hebrew words or even some English words out of a book. You put your arm around someone's shoulder and deliver these messages to them. You can change a person's life. You can change a person's life because they changed my life. And I'm sure many of us feel the same way. It's a mission. And something that I speak about so often because I really believe that of all of the people that have been touched so deeply by these teachings would really go ahead and do everything we can to shine it to the world, Geula would have come a long time ago. Mamash a long time ago. What's stopping us? I'm not sure what's stopping us. I don't know. I come from, Baruch Hashem, I come from a family of educators. Uh, six out of my eight siblings, seven, seven out of my eight siblings are involved in education in some way. Um, both of my parents are, are educators. My mother's been a first grade teacher, a legendary first grade teacher for over 40 years now, Maura Klein, and uh, of Farakaway lore, who's taught like the whole entire Farakaway. And my father gives shirim, and my father's learning with people. I, I have it in my bones. Like her cook says, I don't teach because I need uh, to teach, it's because I can't stay silent. So it maybe comes easier for me, but I, I mamish really want to encourage and empower each and every one of you to the best of my capacity. It's not even something that's optional. It's really not optional today. It's pikuach neshama. It's pikuach neshama. There are people who are literally holding on by a thread, and all they need is for someone to come along and have rachmanus. That's it. That's it. So we gotta we gotta pay it forward in the most real way possible. So that's one level of understanding. Which is very beautiful. If you believe you can break it, there's nothing you can break that you can't fix. That's what it means on a simple level. But I believe based on what we just learned from the Rebbe, no, it means something far deeper. It means something far deeper because first of all, it's not even true. I can take a baseball bat and smash up my car that I had downstairs, Baruch Hashem, a gift in the parking lot and I wouldn't have an inkling how to fix it. I mean, like, not everything you break can you fix. In what sense is Rabbi Nachman talking? So listen to this. I don't think the main word in this composition is lekalkel and letaking, right? Which is the brokenness and the rectification or the fixing of that brokenness. I really feel very strongly 
and I feel strongly because Rav Nassim says this explicitly, and we're about to learn that teaching from Rav Nassim, that the main words here are the word ma'amin and ta'amin. Because Rabbi Nachman is saying, if you still believe that you broke something, and you're still bechlal those, you're still included in the category of those who feel badly about having done things that in a spiritual sense are correlated with breaking and brokenness, then you're still in the game. Then you're still in the game. And then tam and then you can believe that you can fix everything because you've never fallen out of it. Because you still have that kesher, a bond that somehow is revealing itself and an anti-bond, right? Is revealing itself specifically in the context of your failure. But in this moment, if you still believe that you broke something and you believe in that whole concept of like, oh, like, I, I did something that was bad or I did something that was wrong. Like if you're still in that parasha where you don't feel like everything's okay, like the Gemara says, Nasali Keheter, where you just do whatever you want, then believe that you can still fix. You're still in it. You are still in it. We're not going to be able to get to the rest of the sources. I'm just trying to see which one we should mamish learn. Take a look at this teaching from Lukuti Allah on your own if you can. Masu Umatan Dalid Yudzayin, which basically speaks out what we just said. Um... We'll just read one line here in Cain. With this itself, that a person still knows that he blemished, he should strengthen himself. The person still feels and believes that, a, that, a, that an Avera matters and that it brings about, ter- ter- without getting into a terrible destruction in the upper worlds. Ah, in Cain, So you have Amuna. Oh, then you have hope forever. It's the foundation of the whole Tyra. And he goes and he goes on. Let's close with this teaching from Lukutmarantinyana Memches, which is known among Breslaver Hasidim as the Igaris, the letter. Even though it, it wasn't a letter, it was it was a teaching. Reb Nassan recorded from Rebbe Nachman, but it's called the letter, and Reb Nassan himself refers to it as a letter, in a, in, in a letter to his son, in Elam Latrufa, because it is the most personal communication from Rebbe Nachman in all of his writings, the most personal. And it's the most crucial. It's the headquarters of all encouragement found in Likut Imran, and every word is encouragement. But if you can really take some time, if you haven't yet, I mean, if you haven't yet, I don't know where you've, where you've been, you know, or maybe those of us who have known about it, haven't done our job spreading it to the world enough. But this is so crucial, so crucial. And even if you want to do something in a, in a little bit of a more substantial way, it's so easy today. Take the Hebrew and go on safaria.com. They have the whole thing in, in English already. Just copy and paste into a, into a Word document and you can set it up nicely as much as you can and print out 50 copies and leave them wherever you, wherever you go. Leave them wherever you go. You never, ever know. Why not? If you can, why not? You'll never know. You'll get up after 120. They're going to start saying, you saved this one's life. You saved that one's life. You didn't know. You don't know who the people are. You don't know what's going on. And it's not even about the schar. Forget about that. It's an achrayas. So just an idea, maybe even to put in a shul. And it's nothing. It's not, you don't have to write anything. Don't, you don't have to like nothing. It's just easy. It's just copy and paste. And do this week after week after week. The Igeris, life-changing, life-altering. 
So part of this letter, Rabbi Nachman says, It requires a tremendous amount of stubbornness to be strong and mighty. To hold yourself and to stand on your position. Even if you feel as if the other forces are trying to cast you down, drag you down, discourage you, convince you that you can't, convince you that you broke things in such a sense that you can no longer fix. Every day and every hour. There are those who experience this kind of attempt at casting them away from your job in that moment and my job in that moment or in those moments is to do what we can. Doesn't mean that I have to all of a sudden pretend like everything's fine, everything's normal. No, I have to find my contact points in that moment of moich and dekatness and that moment of a constricted consciousness, of a lack of faith, of a lack of confidence, of a lack of clarity, of a, of a, of a, of a sadness and a brokenness and a, and a discouragement. Find ways of connecting. If it's an English book, we always say, if it's a biography of a tzaddik, if it's something that you can connect to in that place. Do not let yourself be completely destroyed. We're going to go two minutes over time. I hope you apologize. I hope, well, I am apologizing. I hope you forgive me rather. Because all of these descents and all of these confusions and all of these challenges and difficulties. There is no other path toward the gates of purity and holiness other than the path that's lined with apparently insurmountable obstacles. There's no other way. There's no, there is no other way. And the true tzaddikim had to go through this. You know what was the difference between them and failures? Is that they never stopped believing. They never stopped trying. They never allowed the Yitzhahara to get into their head to convince them that it wasn't worth it, that it was finished, that, they, that it was over. You know why? Because it wasn't about them. It was about God. And they knew that they were tasked, not with succeeding, but with trying the best that they could to reveal God's glory in whatever situation they found themselves in. Period. It was unpleasant, it was difficult, it was discouraging for them. Stop making it about you. It's not about you. It's about a Kurdish Baruch Hu. And I'm not speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. I'm looking at myself over here in, this, in, the, Zoom, in the Zoom thing. I'm not giving anybody Musr Chasr. I'm talking to myself. I need to stop making it about me and all of us in our own little way, right? All of us experience this because we want success and we want to achieve and we want... Stop it. We're here to serve a Kurdish Baruch Hu. In so much as we as we understand that that's what Yiddishkeit is about. So the machpatli, like the Gemara says, mali mali hasam. What does it matter if I'm mamish, you know, learning twelve hours a day and and and, and everything davening and everything right, or if I'm really struggling? What does it matter? There's an avoda there too, and even in shal tachtis even in that place, I can find a way to hold on to HaKadosh Baruch And here we're going to end with very, very, I would say, vulnerable words, even though the, he, he sort of masks it 
in like asking for a friend like of like 1800s you know like this is basically something like that but he's he's clearly speaking about himself he's clearly aside from the breast of a tradition that where Menachem refers to a tzaddik emes in his teachings he's speaking to about himself without getting into that whole sugi now maybe for a different time it's clear that he's speaking about himself and he says v'shamanu mitzaddik amiti sha'amar listen to the pain listen to the pain here which again gives you the realization of why Rabbi Nachman was so intent on encouraging Am Yisrael. He says, We heard from a true tzaddik, Sha'amar, that said, That if someone would have said to him, No matter who it would have been, it could have been a kid, it could have been a teenager, it could have been an adult, it could have been a person who is not a Rebbe, he's not a guide, he's not anything. If anyone would have came over to this tzaddik, in the time that he was just starting to serve Hashem, and said to him, Achi, my brother, hold yourself, encourage yourself, be strong, because it ain't going to be easy. But this is the path, this is normal. And look how he slips here. Hayisi ruts. He says, I would have. See how he slips? And then say that tzaddik would have. He says, Hayisi, I would have rutz umizdariz ma'oyid ba'avidasiz barach. I would have been so much more successful in Avadis Hashem, certainly in the beginning. At the end, he already reached the, top, the highest level. He had to die. He didn't, didn't have, a, have a choice. There was nothing else to gain. Hayisi rutz umizdariz ma'oyid ba'avidasiz barach. How much I would have jumped to the task with all of the challenge and all the difficulty and all the failure and all the obstacles. I never would have had an inkling in my mind, not for a second, that maybe I'm not misugal and maybe I can't make it and maybe I should just forget about the whole thing and start to believe in which sense and in which moment it becomes similarly Rabbi Nachman's crying out and he says, why wasn't anyone there for me? Why didn't anybody put his hand over my shoulder and give me the encouragement that I needed? And this is the cry, not just of Rabbi Nachman. This is the cry of a great many of us. And I can speak for myself. This is a cry of myself. This is the cry of our youth. This is the cry of our adults. This is the cry of people that are being robbed of a basic, basic element in their tradition. What's our task? And it doesn't mean that you know it's hopeless, that there's nobody out there doing this, of course. Baruch Hashem, it's getting better and better and better every minute of every second of every day. Our task is ish. Stand up. Like Rabbi Nachman says, you don't need to be a rabbi, you don't need to be a scholar, you don't need to be a Tamil Chacham. Whoever you are, as you are, speak from your own experience, speak from your own pain, speak from your own struggles, speak with vulnerability, speak with conviction. Encourage people, bring people to life. There's nothing, nothing, nothing more important than this. And he ends over here, Al-Kain, therefore. Misha Hashem, a person who wants to come close to Hashem, Yiskar Zois Heiteh. Says the Rebbe, remember this well. And strengthen and encourage yourself. 
Do whatever you can in service of God. And if you'll do this and you'll stay in the game, it might take years, it might take decades. Do not turn around. Do not let go. Start fresh. Every single time you see game over on the screen of life, put in another two quarters. Put in another two quarters. There's no such thing. Start again. Do not turn your back on it. Do not walk away. Then tichnois lovetach. It's not maybe, possibly. You will absolutely make it in the end to whatever your heart is yearning for. This rule, remember, don't give up. Tichnois lovetach be'ezrasi yizbarach with Hashem's help. L'soich shari kedusha. You'll make it. Because a Kaddish Baruch Hu is filled with mercy. And he's desperate for your service. He's desperate for your service. Everybody today talks about Hashem. Everybody. They abish to this, they abish to that. What kind of Hashem are you talking about though? What's your definition of Hashem? It doesn't impress me. You could give a whole shir about Hashem. But maybe my Hashem is different than your Hashem. Obviously, we believe in basic foundations. He's the giver of the Torah. He's the creator of the world and so on. But what is his nature vis-a-vis -vis me? How does he view me? What does he want from me? Says Rabbi Nachman, simple. Ki Hashem is barach malei rachamim. Hashem is full of mercy. He wants you and he wants your service and it makes no difference where you've fallen and it makes no difference how you're behaving and it makes no difference what's gone, what, what has gone on in your life. Stop. And at that moment, start. Hold yourself and begin in that moment. And I just, I know it's really overtime. If you have to go, so mamish go, I apologize, but you'll listen to the recording later. But I just, I just have to finish this off. For whoever's listening and mamish, you know, might be holding on to these words for dear life. Let's just go a little bit, a little bit, a little bit weiter. Mamish, not more than five more minutes. Because this is, this is really the crux of it all. This is the crux of it all. And this is again, like everything in Rabbi Nachman, it's hard to just take out tiny quotes because this is part of a huge lesson with so many ideas and concepts that we can only really fully understand this if we understand that, but I'll call upon him. Out of context, says the Rebbe. And the main thing is, Encourage yourself and no matter what way you can encourage yourself, don't give up. Perhaps the most famous of Rabbi Nachman's teachings, the most famous, there is no despair in the world at all. Says Rabbi Nassim, who was there at the time, that Rabbi Nachman called out in the following words in Yiddish, There is no Yish in the world. There is no despair. The whole concept is a farce. It's an illusion. Rabbi Nachman had a way of talking where he drew out the words. There is no despair in the world. And says Rabbi Nachman said these words with a tremendous, tremendous effort and energy. With a depth that was awesome and wondrous. For what purpose? To teach and to hint to each and every one of us throughout all the generations. 
Don't give up. He was speaking to me. He was speaking to you more so than any tzaddik. The Satmar Rebbe said that with the Chayzim Lublin, what the seer of Lublin was able to see in the realm of space, because he was able to see things from one end of the world that were happening all the way on the other end of the world, Rabbi Nachman was able to see from one end of the world to the other in the realm of time. Rabbi Nachman, more than anyone, saw what was going to happen with the world. And that's why he's becoming more and more popular because he's becoming more and more relevant. It's not a fad. It's, not, it, it's just because we're desperate for this kind of guidance that people writing papers this morning aren't as relevant as something that Rabbi Nachman wrote 280 years ago. Rabbi Nachman meant to speak to you and me today. Don't give up. Even if anything and everything that we can imagine comes upon you in your life. And no matter how you are and no matter what you've experienced, even if you've fallen into the place that you've fallen, if you encourage yourself with the little bit that you have left, you have hope to return to Hashem. And at the very, very end of that lesson, he closes with the following. The Satan has set his intention to go ahead and to battle against this very idea. To confuse the world right now in this regard. Listen to these words that Rabbi Nachman said. Again, this is 280 years ago. Imagine where we are now. We're so close to the redemption. We're so close to the, to the, to the fixing of the world. And Rabbi Nachman again was speaking in his time that there was a tremendous gagua. There was a tremendous longing and kisuf and yearning for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That never existed such an outpouring of desire from the creation of the world, the giving of the Torah, the Dardaya, and the Mekubalim, and the Rishonim, and the Ga'inim, and the Rabbanim Savroi. Never existed such a thing. And I believe that it's only gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Ay, it doesn't look like it. Ay, you can't see it. Look deeper. Look deeper. All the rat race crying out for all the Shigayon of the world. It's all just a facade for the neshama of Am Yisrael that's crying out for kirva to Hashem. And everyone is longing for Hashem. And that's why the Yitzhar comes and it makes it very difficult to get close to tzaddikim that really could help us. And he puts a lot of leaders in the world that are sheker, the Mufrasam shall sheker, that aren't leading people in the way of being mevatal themselves and only speaking about Hashem and not trying to do things for their own glory or grandeur, but just to help people get close to Hashem. We don't find so much. And even among true tzaddikim, it's just hard to find that tzaddik that's going to really speak to us in such a way and to lead us in the way of the truth. So nobody really knows where the truth is. And so there's only one Eitzah. First is to have a good chush, to have a good sense, and to be honest with yourself. 
and to remove yourself from the societal expectation or what society expects and oh, you know, Breslov or Chabad or whatever it is, whatever anybody's saying makes no difference. If the Torah speaks to you and it helps you and that's the only standard that we have for measuring spiritual growth, right? Is like, is, or, or measuring what's real to us. Are we improving, right? Are we davening better? Are we learning better? Not learning more per se, are we learning better, more deeply, more consciously? Are we more likely to be showing ourselves in Indian Kedusha? Are we more likely to improve in Ben Adam L'chaveirei? And so on and so forth. If it's working, like the Mesil Sasharm already says, sorry to tell you, the basic and classic of the Litvish and Musar approach literally says this time and time again in the first paragraph, in the 18th paragraph, in the 21st, all, all, all throughout Mesil Sasharm. That whatever you can find that's going to help you get close to Hashem, he says, hold on to it and don't let go of the Pasuk. Hold on to it and never ever let go. And so the first thing is be honest with yourself. If something inspires you, if something speaks to you, no matter what it is, hold on to it and go with it. With confidence and conviction, grow, 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 grow. Don't pay attention to whatever people are saying. Makes no difference what people think. Only one thing makes a difference in your life, Avodah Hashem. Only one thing matters, only one opinion matters, and that's God's opinion as it reflects in your own heart. And that's what Espodidus is for. And, and point number two is Al Kain Srichim Lavakish Mi Oid Me Hashemiz Baruch, Liskais Liskar Letzadik Ames. We have to dive into Akadish Baruch Abrenshalam. It's a confusing world out there. There are a lot of ashkafas, a lot of opinions, a lot of approaches, a lot of different things, especially today what's going on more so than ever. The bilbulim, it's like the leaders that are supposed to make things clear to us are the primary source oftentimes of our own confusion. It's very, very challenging today. You've got to daven and I got to daven. We together need to go out and expose this in our personal prayer and in our davening. Almost like we say in al-tzadikim, please, please, let me be humble enough. Let me be open-minded enough. Let me be broad-minded enough. Let me care enough about my Yiddishkeit to really seek. And when I know that I found to hold onto it and never, ever, ever, ever let go. Never let go. To the tzaddik emes. To those tzaddikim, among the tzaddikim that we feel are our shurish neshama, that bond with us, that we feel connect with us in such a way that it's, it's oxygen. It's just oxygen. I can't breathe without it. I'll just close with one tiny anecdote. Where Moshe Weinberger says over that when he was on a trip to the Baal Shem with an organization called Kesher Nafshi, it was an incredible organization, not getting into the whole thing now, he saw over there that there was a pair, it's basically for families that have children that are struggling, tremendous, 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 mamish like shal of kind of pain, like, like terrible stuff. Mamish in pain. And it's a support network basically to guide and advise and to create a sense of community for the parents. And they do trips and they do Shabbatonim and it's very, very special. And so recently, a couple of months ago, they did one in, uh, in Mezhbush. And Weimarga sees, he sees there's a, there's a Satmer Yid, who's one of the parents, who's, uh, who's walking around with all Satmer Lavush and the whole thing, you could tell right away he's a Satmer Chassid. And he's the whole time he's walking around with the Rav Kook in his hands, safer from Rav Kook. The whole trip was like a bizarre thing. <laughs> you don't expect, you know, a Satmar Rebbe, you know, a Satmar Chassid is walking around with a safer from Rav Kook. 
So Rabbi Weimarker tried to hold himself back, didn't want to say anything. And then like toward the end of the trip, he just, he, you know, sat next to him on the bus and he said, listen, I, you, forgive me for asking. But he said, what, what, what's going on over here? What's Pshad here? Satmar Chassid, but and not like a fringe, like a real Fabrenta Satmar Chassid. And you're walking around with a safer firm of cook. Listen to what he answered. He said, I'll tell you the truth. He said, in my youth, all of us, we were all hot-headed, you know, with our hashkafas and our shitas and our this and our fire and our kandos and, and all the zealotry and, 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 and all of the hack and all the politics. He said, I've come to a point in my life where now I need to breathe. So there was time for fighting, but now I need to breathe. And my breathing is Rav Kuf, simple as it is. Imagine how many people there are who are at a point in their lives, and I think today all of us are at every point in our lives. We don't have to wait for a challenging situation, a midlife crisis, which many people do, and you'd be so surprised how many people I personally know who never would have touched any of this stuff, and all of a sudden, like, life hits them at a certain point in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and they are, I mean, the, the strongest, the closest, but how many people need to breathe? And because of some shigayon, because of some maise satan, they're holding themselves back from giving themselves access to, to Tyrus MS that can change their lives, that can improve their lives in every way, shape, and form. So we got to daven strong about this, Chevra. We got to daven strong. We have to be honest. We have to be open. We have to just be real. And to cut away all the extraneous nonsense and to hold on tight to what we are here for. There's me. There's a Kodesh Baruch Hu, There's Sadiqim that helped me get to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, And that, my friends, is that. Nobody telling me, whispering something into my ear here and say, saying something to this. I don't care. Lochbatli. It's distraction. Let's hold on to it. Let's hold on to the Tzaddik's encouragement. Let's do everything in our power to spread this further, to encourage Yidin, to be Rachmanim, to help Yidin get out of the burden of Avoinus, the burden of their sins of the past, and the burden of Chas V'Shalom slipping further into the, in, 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 into the mud, into the filth, to lift people up, to be the light that banishes so much darkness, to hold on to cognition, to hold on to Seichel, to that Nekuda Achas Mena Seichel, Nekuda Achas of encouragement. It could change our lives. It could change Yiddishkeit. It could change Am Yisrael. It can bring the Geula. You know, so uh, the stakes are pretty high. And let's play our part. With Hashem's help. Thank you so much for listening. I really beg Mechila for going so much overtime and for holding you. And um, Hashem, I, I, I'm not sure whether there'll be a sheer Friday, uh, Thursday night as I may have a, a, a chasana. And so Bezer Hashem, stay tuned. Okay, but I'll, I'll be sending the, uh, the source sheets and if anybody wants to request them, hopefully you know where to find me. And um, let's together find the master of the world together, no matter what our situation is. Hold on tight, friends. <laughs> the story's not over. The story's not over. Just keep on putting quarters back and you can play again. You can play again. Okay. L'chaim, L'vracha. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And um, let's stay connected. Be'ezer Hashem. In every sense of the word. Thank you so much. Um, the best place to contact me is, um, you can start by, by emailing me. Um, lpitorah at gmail.com lpitorah okay and then we'll uh, if, if it's beyond that we'll find a more a closer way of connecting call to Hever thank you so much have an amazing amazing rest of your week recording